Hi, this is Jonathan Horton, one of the pastors here at Grace Christian Fellowship in Odessa, Texas. I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Wherever you are listening to this, I hope that this message encourages you, gives you hope, and reminds you that you are loved. My name is Ben. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace. And if you are visiting for the first time, uh, we're so glad that you're here with us. Also want to say hello to everybody who's online watching us and, and so glad that you're tuning in uh, with us digitally as well. Uh, we are in week three of our series uh, that we're calling Connect. Now for us at Grace, we've chosen that this word connect is going to be our word for 2022. We want to get better and better at connecting. We want to connect with Jesus, which we've already talked about the first two weeks, connecting with him in his word, connecting with him in prayer. We've talked, now we're jumping into saying, hey, how do we connect as a church? How how do we get better at at this? With with interacting with one another, what are some steps that we can begin to take? And we're going to cover that the next two weeks, and then uh, we'll talk about how do we connect with our community as well. And I'm excited about the conversation that we get to have today. Have you ever heard the saying uh, that uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take? Right? And initially, you, you're like, all right, I, I, I've heard this maybe. You think about it with basketball. But, but a lot of times, it, it's normally uh, something to do with life. For instance, like one guy talks to his friend. He's like, he's like dude, you should ask her out, right? All right, listen up, students. This is how it works, all right? Dude, you should ask her out. And, and, and then all of a sudden, he, he's like, no, no, I can't. He's like, you're going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? He's like, okay, I'll do it, right? Or, or maybe in, in business, like, do I do it? Do I not? Like you're, you're going back and forth and you decide, all right, I got to at least try. But could this principle apply to church as well? Could this to apply to, to our faith life? This idea that we miss maybe 100% of, of the faith or the spiritual opportunities that we don't take? Like what happens? Have you ever, ever asked this question? Uh, what happens when you say no to coming to church on a Sunday? What happens when you say no to a faith opportunity? Now, I, I do think this. We can't say yes to everything, right? Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. That's just how life works. But uh, in our lives, I, I want us to really ask this question today. Uh, does our attendance at church matter? Because here's what I know to be true. When I look at my life, and maybe you'll think about some of these things as well, when I think about my life, when it comes to uh, things that are significant that have happened, there's many significant things that have happened because of attending church or being a part of a body of believers. Uh, Just to begin to kind of think through some of these with you, uh, you know, really when I began to understand who God was, it was because my parents were taking me to church every once in a while. I began to have this idea of who God was and that, that there was a God or there was a creator because my parents brought me to church every once in a while. I began to, uh, or I got into this place where I could understand who Jesus was, and I would be called to accept him as my Lord and Savior because uh, I went to a church camp in middle school, and I sat, sat around a campfire, even though I had been a sinner that whole week at church camp, right? At that moment, 
God showed up and called me to accept Jesus. It was because of, of youth group, uh, the summer between, before 10th grade, that I finally began to realize, man, I need to really run after God. I need to say yes to God and no to the world more and more in my life. And I really began to passionately pursue God because of a youth group that I could plug into. Right? It was uh, at church that I chose to get baptized on an Easter Sunday uh, in high school. This awesome moment for me. It was because of my uh, pastor, or it was because of my church going to CIY Move that I accepted the call to go into ministry and, and to be a pastor. All right? It was because of my lead pastor and associate pastor that I went to the college that I did. Ozark Christian College, it was, it was uh, at college, at the church that I was serving at as a children's and youth pastor, that uh, when the church had emptied out and Caitlin and I were uh, kind of closing up for the day, that right there in front of the communion table, I got down on one knee and asked her to marry me, right? This kind of significant moment that I can still picture in my head. It was at a church that Caitlin and I got married, Right in her hometown, the church that she grew up in. It was at a church that we dedicated our kids to the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I, when I begin to think about my faith story, there's a lot of things that are tightly woven with church and the community of God and, and us coming together, whether it was outside of these walls or inside of these walls, and God did some, some significant things in my life because of church. Can I remind you that church matters? I bet if we were to sit down together and if, if we were to talk, that you would have some similar stories. Like, hey, there was this Sunday school teacher or there was this small group leader that they just loved me unconditionally and cared for me and, and, and because of her or because of him, I'm still in church today. Right, our, our church was a place where, where I really was, had the opportunity to, to overcome an addiction. Or our church was a place that I found my spouse. Our church was a place where I finally understood the gospel for the first time and accepted Jesus. Or our church was a place where I heard the message about baptism, I accepted it, and I took the plunge for Jesus. Right now, I know this to be true. That, that church isn't the only place that God moves. I, I know that God will, will move as you are out um, on sports trips or you're out on vacation. Or I, I know that to be true because his spirit is within you. And if you're going in the presence of the Lord and, and you're saying, all right, God, use me where I'm at, I know that God's going to use that and he's going to grow that. But there is something special and unique about the body of Christ and us saying, we're gonna make this a priority. And so I want to spend some time today talking about how do we make church a priority? How do we continue to, to lean into it? And we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 10 together to kind of have this conversation. And, and I want to start out with the last verse, actually, that we'll read. But I want to start the conversation with it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, that says this. Do not, are not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The writer of Hebrews says in this, he says, don't quit meeting together. Don't get out of the habit of meeting together. Now, I, I want us to realize in the midst of this conversation that as a nation, 
we've begun to gather the habit of meeting together. It's begun to be something that, that as a nation we say, hey, church isn't as much of a priority for me as it used to be. You know, Barna, there's a, they are a research organization that, that really um, looks at church data a lot of times. And in 1993, I believe it was, they began to collect data on average church attendance for people. And we're going to throw this up on the screen, actually. And in, in, in 1993, the average church attendance where somebody could say, hey, in the last seven days, if they were asked, did you attend church? They would say this out of all Americans, 45% would have said, hey, I went to church sometime in the last seven days. Now, uh, since then, it, it kind of went up and down, but kind of stayed in the 40s until about 2000, around 9-11. People really, you know, after that crisis began to say, all right, we're going to plug into church a little bit more. And from, from 2000 to, uh, to really 2005, we saw it kind of begin to grow a little bit. But the main growth in church attendance happened from 2005 to 2009, where we got up to, uh, if you were to ask somebody that question, hey, have you attended church in the last seven days? Uh, 48% of the people would have said, yeah, I've attended church. But since uh, since 2012, really, the height was 2009, but really, since 2012, we had had this downward spiral in the United States where if you were to ask someone, hey, did you attend church? Three out of ten people would say yes, and seven out of ten people would say no. This is what people are voting with with their feet right now. What they're saying, hey, for whatever reason, they're not saying, hey, I, I need to make going to church a priority. I don't know what exactly it was that began to, to strike that in 2012, but, but it has been some of this trend, and, and that just went to, two, uh, that went to 2020 before the pandemic. And what a lot of people would say is that even with the pandemic, it only heightened the fact that people were going to go to church less. So the question is, does it matter if we go to church or not? I think it's important uh, for you to ask yourself this question and for you to begin to answer uh, and, and know, why does it matter if I show up on a Sunday or not? Some of it matters because uh, we, we read scriptures say, don't give up meeting together. Keep coming together and, and making this a priority. But also, like, I, I do think that we can spiritualize that saying that I said at the beginning, that we miss 100% of the spiritual shots we don't take. Now, right, you don't have to take them all. But I do think that God wants you to be a part of a body of believers on a regular basis and on a, a place where you're ready to say, all right, God, what are you going to do? And so when you begin to do that, he begins to transform your heart and your life. So here's what I would like to do the rest of today, is I would love to dive some more into Hebrews chapter 10 with you and look at some of the instructions that the writer of Hebrew gives us. I think we'll see in some of these instructions that he gives you some instructions about how to prepare your heart 
uh, and then he begins to, to give us some instructions that what we should do when we think about collectively coming together as well. So let's look at this together and see how we can kind of take some hints out of Hebrews chapter 10 that, that will do this. When you come into church, it will make it something that you're anticipating God to move in some type of way. That you're expecting him to do something. Now, I think that church can become like any other thing that we do, where, where it's just, hey, I come here, it's comfortable, and I leave. And we kind of get into a routine without really coming into it with this expectation that God is going to do something. Asking him, God, what do you want to change in my life? How do you want to move? And I think that when we approach church differently, when we approach it with an expectation of God doing something, all of a sudden it starts to matter more. You start to realize that you play a role in this place, and this place plays a role in your life as well. So let's look at this together, uh, starting in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. And I love how this starts off. It says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. Let me break uh, the start of this down for us. I love that he says, hey, because we have confidence, because of the blood of Jesus, we have confidence to enter into the most holy place. Some of this language, if, if someone uh, that was in Jesus' day would have heard this, that would have been used to the Old Testament law, they would have heard this language about the most holy place, their mind would have gone back to Old Testament priests. Uh, Moses, during Moses' time, uh, Aaron would have been the priest and his descendants would have been the priest that got to go into the most holy place of, uh, of worship. And, and they would be able to go in there. And now this, couldn't be, this wouldn't be something that everybody would have access to. But they would go in and, and they would have to have bells tied on them to some extent because they could go in and, and in the presence of the Lord be struck down and killed. There, there was kind of this aura of like, there's danger in the midst of approaching God in this most holy place. And, and so as we start with this conversation uh, about hey, what Jesus does for us and what it looks like for us to, to come to church, and right away, this author is saying, hey, we get, because of Jesus in our lives, because of what Jesus did by dying on the cross for our sins, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you ask him to forgive you of your sins and be that leader of your life, that Savior of your life, his blood makes it possible for you to commune with God like what used to only be available to kind of this, these uh, certain group of priests in the Old Testament. God has made a way for each and every one of us to approach him and have connection with him in a place or in a way that had never happened before. This is awesome. So as we begin to have this conversation about church and, and why it matters, even with you pursuing God in a personal way, it, it's showing us that you get to approach God with confidence. This is something we take for granted. It's just something that, that we, we're like, all right, everybody gets to do this. This is not how it always was. This is something that we should look at this and say, Jesus, I am so thankful for you. 
that you made a way for me to have this type of interaction with you. And then he he begins to talk about how great Jesus is. Verse 21, he says, Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. So he's calling Jesus the great high priest. He's saying, since Jesus is so great, since Jesus has already done this work, here's what we should do. He says, don't take for granted in a sense. Don't take for granted. He says, here's what you should do. Draw near to God. Then he's going to begin to give us some, uh, some examples on how we should draw near to God. And I love this because, because he, he's saying, all right, here's your job. Don't, don't um, kind of take this lightly, but draw near to God. And he goes on to say this. Number one, I want you to hear that we need to draw near to God with sincere hearts and with full assurance that faith brings. When we come into a place of worship or when we're even just worshiping God on our own, here's what we want to do. When we draw near to God, it doesn't need to be something that is just uh, normal or, oh, this is everyday stuff. We need to, to not just draw near to God and say, all right, God, I came to church today. But we need to draw near to God with this sincere heart, this heart that says, God, I'm yours. Without you, God, I'm nothing. God, uh, today I need you so much in my life. Show up to me in worship. Show up to me in the message. Point the way that you want me to go. See, if we come in with a lazy heart, if we come in with no expectation about what God's going to do, if we're just checking the box that we came to church, are we really in a position for God to work and move in our lives? Are we really in a position to, to get something out of it? To go back to the taking the shot analogy, right? Just because you got on the court and you held the ball doesn't mean you took the shot, right? You actually have to, to put a little action into it. And so when we draw near to God, we need to do it with a sincere heart, this says. And it continues to, to point to ways that we draw near to God. So we have this sincere heart with full assurance that faith brings. And then it goes on and it says, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. I love this uh, language in here. It, it once again uh, brings us back to this Old Testament uh, time where animals had to be sacrificed for the forgiveness of people's sins. And there's a portion of this where, where they would take some of the blood of the animal and they would sprinkle it. But as we begin to look at this, what I love about this, this picture in this is, one, Jesus is the ultimate lamb that, that died for you and I. And it was his blood that cleanses us. But sometimes the, the thing that keeps us blocked from drawing near to God is our guilty conscience. It is the sin in our lives. And we come in here and, and you think back to the week that you had and some of the maybe dumb decisions you made. And instead of allowing God to do a work on your heart, you come in with this guilty conscience saying, man, I messed up again, God. And maybe you don't even really feel like you can show him your face. And can I remind you that Christ's blood was shed for you so that you could be forgiven, 
This is so powerful. When you walk in here, don't allow Satan to whisper in your ear that you're not good enough. Because, yes, that is true, you're not good enough. But God makes us good enough because he loves you so much. And as we pause every single week and we take communion, this is a time for you to say, all right, I don't need to have this guilty conscience that's blocking God from doing a work in my life right now. God, I'm gonna confess this stuff over to you right now. I'm gonna remember what you did for me on the cross. I'm gonna remember that that, that paid the price for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Right? If we wanna draw near to God, we have to have this sincere heart. We, we've got to, to allow uh, these hearts to be sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilt, uh, uh, this guilty conscience, but then also we draw near to God by having our bodies washed with pure water. This is an allusion, uh, we believe, to baptism. You know, Jesus calls uh, everyone that, to come to know him, to accept him as their Lord and Savior, but then when they do that, to then take the next natural step, and what that natural step is, is to get baptized. Whether you're a child or whether you're in your 80s, if you've never been baptized before, Jesus says the next step after accepting me is to take the step of baptism. It's this outward sign that shows what God has already done in our lives. And, and here's what's so neat. As we begin to, to do this work each time as we come together, and you think, all right, am I coming in with a sincere heart? Am I coming in with, with this conscience that's clean because I, I know that, that God has got me and, I, and I'm getting back on the right track. I don't want to keep living in sin. I don't want to do that anymore, but, but God, I'm, I'm going to, to give all my junk to you because you're not perfect and I'm not perfect. And, and then knowing, hey, I've taken that step of baptism. As we do that, it puts us in this position where we draw near to God. And then he begins to say some things to us about uh, things that we need to think about how we can bless one another when we meet together. Verse 23 says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. There's this part of us being in community with one another where you need to help spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Where, where it's not just, hey, how you doing, brother or sister? But you're actually rubbing shoulders to an extent. Getting co- to connect with one another. That, that we're not just, hey, we're glad that we get to see each other. But we're glad that, that we get to help push people towards the more perfect view of what God has for each other's lives. Have you ever had somebody tell you, hey, you'd be really good at that? Right? This is, like, somebody points out things in your life and it pushes you towards these love and good deeds. So sometimes we need this kind of little kick to get started with something. As a, a body of believers, we need to be good at doing this, caring for one another, looking out for one another, loving each other, but then pushing each other towards good deeds. And this is why I think that uh, the life groups that we have are so important, right? It moves you from a one-way conversation into a two-way conversation where you begin to get to actually be in a place where you can ask questions and get to know people and have them push you towards some things. And if you are a part of a life group, you know, at any point you can go to your leader and say, hey, what are you seeing in me? What are some encouragements that you would give me? Or what is an area that you think that I could serve? 
But then he continues in this after saying, hey, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. He says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Right, he gives some heaven language there at the end. He says, hey, guess what? One day, we're all going to uh, have this day where we get to be in heaven with the Lord for all that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But he says, for now, he says, don't give up meeting together. Because when we meet together, there's encouragement that comes with it. Church matters. Do you believe that? And the way that you approach church matters. Because it's easy for us to, to come into church and leave and never feel like anything happened. But when we really come in with sincere hearts, when we really come in with, with these motives uh, that are like, God, work in my life, I promise you, he's going to show up more for you and I. He just will. But if we come in not even wanting to play the game, should we really expect much transformation to happen? I don't think that we should. So here's, here's kind of the, the last things that I want to leave you with today. Kind of a, a few points I think brings some of this together is this. As I want you to think that if you really want to connect with our church, one of the things you need to do is you need to show up early and you need to stay late. Okay, so uh, let me kind of explain this a little bit. And for our online crew, uh, it, it's going to sound a little bit different as well, but it's really this. It's engaging. This idea that, right, if you show up to church and you're always five to ten minutes late and you're, and you're coming in and finding a seat and then you're leaving right afterwards, it's really hard to create connections. It's really hard to put yourself in a position where, where you're really going to grow with one another. So can I encourage us? Can you start to say, I'm going to show up a little bit early and I'm going to kind of linger a little bit afterwards where, where the pastor is like, hey, would you like get out of here? Like go eat food at Rosa's or what we call second church, right? But I, I want you guys to, to see this. Like some of you, you could text your friends ahead of time. I know you know how to text, right? And you can say, hey, meet me at church at 9.30. Let's go hang out and talk and catch up on the week. Like, what if we had a bunch of people that were just, you're like, we're already gonna be at church anyways. Why don't we, you know, reach out to people and, and we got people meeting in the cafe or meeting over in this area and you're just sitting and catching up and enjoying one another. What would that begin to do for our culture here? What would that begin to do for your heart, right? It would begin to make us connect in a different way. So uh, if you really want to connect with the church, try this. Show up early, stay a little late with us. Another thing that I want to tell you is that uh, if, if you really want to connect with our church, then I encourage you to try to be here regularly, right? This, this is something that, that uh, is in our minds we think, yeah, I'm there pretty regular. But when you can say, all right, we're there week after week, then it allows uh, sermon series, it allows relationships to build on one another and help you in growing both relationships with other people and relationships with the Lord. And if you miss a weekend, right, you can always catch that online as well. But there's something that happens when you say, I'm going to show up regularly. The last thing I would say this is, is that if you want to connect with the church, you need to show up ready. 
And this kind of comes back to that scripture in Hebrews chapter 10. This idea that when you walk in, are you ready for what God wants to do in your life? Are you expecting God to move and do something or is it just another Sunday? Let's come in ready saying, all right, God, I'm so excited. I gotta worship you today. I get to praise you. I, 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 get to, I get to be challenged by your word today. God, call me to what you want to do. I'm ready to take steps for you. So can we be people who say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to show up early and stay late. Or we're going to be active uh, online during the message. Or it, can we be people that say, we're also going to show up regularly and we're also going to show up ready. I think that this will transform how we begin to, to see the church and how our experience is. What would happen this year if we began to do this? Now, we're already trying to put some things in place that, that help us to connect better, right? We're gonna have some men's breakfast this next year. We're gonna have some women's events. We're gonna have some worship nights. Uh, we're gonna have these uh, events that I'm really excited about called Connect Events that'll happen in the spring, in the fall, when weather's really nice. We'll, we'll have food ready after church where you say, hey, let's all go hang out together for a few weeks after church when weather is good. There's things that we're going to put in place, but the greatest thing that can be put in place is us coming in uh, really ready to show up in all three of these ways that I talked about. Because if you do that weekly, man, I believe we're going to have a different level of connection than we've experienced before. Church, let's pray. Father God, Lord, help us to really begin to, to yearn for just this amazing relationship that we can have in the church. Lord, ultimately, uh, us being here today is all for you. God, we want to draw nearer to you. We want to get closer. God, but we don't want to do it alone. We want to have other people helping us to take those steps. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen the bonds in this church this year. That through, uh, through us having this strength, Lord, that we would see amazing things happen. That we would see more people taking the step of baptism. That we would see more people uh, accepting you as their Lord and Savior. God, more people plugged in. God, we're so grateful for the way you pursue us. God, it's so helpful that, that we're not doing all the work. God, you've already done all the work. We just need to follow in your footsteps. Help us to do that, Lord. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, church, during this last song, if, if, if you need to, to talk about something that's going on in your life or you're wanting to take a, a certain uh, step of faith, know that I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to, to pray with you about that. We also have uh, other uh, prayer warriors up and around the room as well that you uh, can pray with. But let's right now go before the Lord and let's worship him. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Make sure to subscribe to this channel so that you can keep up with new content as it becomes available. We would also ask that if you have been encouraged by this ministry, that you would consider partnering with us financially. Your support helps us to continue our mission of helping people move from where they are to where God is calling them to be. You can find all the ways to give at graceodessa.com give.
Thank you. Thank you.